Hey guys, welcome to Journey Podcast. I'm your host Smita Kanturi. You're going to hear a new segment in Journey Podcast as Coach It Forward. Hope you guys enjoy. Hello everybody. I have Boomer Peralt with me today. He is an in-person and online health and fitness trainer, helping those who have desk jobs get out of pain and get in shape. Boomer is a certified pain-free performance specialist, TRS movement and mobility specialist, and precision nutritionist. Using his own personal experience of dealing with pain and nearly 10 years of education, Boomer is here to serve others and help them live a healthier and happier life. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show, Mr. Boomer. Yeah, I appreciate it. I was actually prepared to give uh, that whole intro myself. So uh, <laughs> that just saved me about 30 seconds of talking. <laughs> That's fine. Right. Please go ahead and tell, I mean, in your introduction, you mentioned that you were in pain by yourself and mm-hmm. you did this education and you are trying to help others. Please start with that explaining like what was your self-experience for your work today? Yeah, so just to give my full background, and this dates back to uh, really since my early teenage years, uh, I just started to develop a lot of joint pains, like my mobility restrictions just were incredible. I I could barely, you know, squat down and do much. Uh, I was still athletic, able to, to move around a lot. I played basketball growing up my whole life, but I definitely had those constant aches and pains uh in my knees shoulders ankles wherever it was um so that was throughout my teenage years then at the end of high school I stopped playing basketball and that is when I started to work out lift weights and like most people that age it was really to just look good for uh you know the girls and everything and similar to a lot of people that age as well is I got some results and I started to fall in love with the whole process of working out. So of course I thought, Oh, like, I guess I can be a personal trainer then. And so I got certified and I pursued a career in that in my early twenties, but it was not too long after that. I found out that just because you like working out and just because um, you can get yourself results doesn't make you a good coach. So I actually was not a very good personal trainer in the beginning. I ended up switching, uh, careers and going into something completely different uh, throughout my 20s. But uh, throughout them, I continued to learn, continued to work on myself because I was still dealing with the mobility issues. And just a couple of years ago, I've really gotten a good grasp on how to fix my own body, as well as just a whole entire decade now of education on just health and fitness in general. And so I was like, you know what, let me you know, give this a second go because I truly do love this. So now with more education, now with really figuring out how to help myself feel better and everything, um, I've made it a bit more successful in these last couple of years. So that's how the Healthy Movement Blueprint came about. Um, I sh- gear more towards, as you said, helping people that sit a lot, get out of pain and get in better shape, mainly because that is what I was dealing with. And that tends to be very typical with a lot of people that are therapists or, you know, whatever it is, you tend to deal with something and then you figure out what works for you. And you're like, you know what, I enjoy this. I'm passionate about it. I want to help others um, get out of whatever it was that I was dealing with. So that is why I gear more towards that 
uh, movement and mobility side more so than the just typical weight loss, muscle building trainer. Not that that's bad. And there's a lot of great ones. And I do stuff like that. But I think it's important to focus on the movement and mobility aspect because you can look great. You can achieve whatever aesthetic goals you want, but you can still be in pain. So that is why I focus on that. And just a great example of um, the typical person I work with or why um, you can have pain, aches and pains, even when you look to be in good physical condition is the most uh, typical client I work with and the most typical human nowadays really is just someone that sits a lot, has a very sedentary life. I think the average now is uh, it's definitely over 10 hours. I want to say it's around 12 and people sit, you know, up to 14, 15 hours a day, which is crazy. And what happens is when we sit, because our legs are now in that elevated position, our hips are, are flexed, our hip flexors flex our hips. So of course, when we're sitting, uh, our hips are in that state. They start to get very tight when we're sitting in a chair. Oftentimes we're doing something in front of us. So not only do our upper backs, our thoracic region, that's just the thoracic part of the spine get very stiff, but we tend to develop that rounded posture. And so when we, when it's in the beginning, when you're sitting, you know, it's not that big of a deal, but when you're doing it day in and day out for eight, 10, 12, 14 hours a day. Uh, the simplest way to put this is our body will now recognize that rounded posture, that shortened hip uh, flexor state as our natural go-to position. So instead of having that good posture, that good hip extension and mobility that we used to have, now our body's like, oh, well, we're always in this shortened hip uh, state. We're always in that rounded posture. That's just what we're going to develop as our go-to. So now you start to get those mobility restrictions, those postural um, inefficiencies. And that because you're starting in now a less than ideal position, and I should put quotes around that because there's no perfect you know, position. Our body's supposed to move in many different ways. But because we are starting in those positions, anytime we start to move, uh, we're already starting out of whack. So our movement is, again, I'll put quotes around it, out of whack. So for example, um, let's say you're going to pick something up off the floor instead of doing it by pushing your hips back and bending your legs while keeping a neutral spine. So all the movements coming from your legs. Uh, now we start to move by just rounding our spine because our hips are so tight that we don't have that mobility and movement through them. So what happens is our lower back starts to take over. Let's just say we're going to pick something up off a top shelf or you know, twisting to get something to our left or right. Instead of moving from our upper back, which is, again, quote unquote, where we're supposed to move from, uh, because it's so stiff now, we can't. And so to compensate, our lower back does all the movement to uh, arch, to uh, reach something up top or to twist when we're going left or right. And so uh, whether it is some type of injury or just aches and pains, whether directly in the spine or the muscles around it, um, just repetition after repetition of constantly moving from the low back because we simply don't have the mobility to move from the hips anymore or upper back anymore. Of course, that creates problems. And then there's secondary problems as well. If we're sitting a lot, our glutes get weak. If our glutes are weak, then we don't have the stability of our legs. And uh, you know now our, our knees and ankles are bothering us. I can go on and on about a million different things, but- uh, I, you, Oh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. 
uh, no, I, I had a question. When you were mentioning that uh, in your teens itself, you had a lot of pains, mm -hmm. usually like yeah, when kids of that age are even like general in anybody, when they have the pain, the first go to would be like, yeah, going to a doctor to find out mm -hmm. like yeah, what's happening. Or at the max, it is like your yeah, physiotherapy or the chiropractor that they tend to go. So what made you to choose the workout route? Well, so back then, I obviously didn't really know much when you're 13, 14 years old. And so I would go to physical therapy. I went to a couple different physical therapists um, and it would help a little, but I also wouldn't, like a lot of people that go to some type of physical therapy, I also wouldn't do the homework. I wouldn't do anything outside of therapy. So while it didn't make me super mobile, it helped the pain a little bit. But then a few weeks after, you know, it started to come back. It actually got to the point when I was, I want to say around 20, where I was, again, not very knowledgeable. And I started Googling, which is, could be one of the worst things you can do. And I landed on, oh, getting uh, some surgery, which the surgery was, I forget what it's called specifically, but essentially just um, unattaching the patella tendon, which is right on your knee, uh, okay. shaving it down and then reattaching it. It's a pretty serious surgery and the recovery is pretty long. And because I was just having so many issues with my knees and I couldn't play basketball like I used to, I wanted to get the surgery. So I went to two surgeons. One of them actually went as far as to recommend the surgery. The other one was like, oh yeah, like he didn't recommend it, but he said, yeah, if you want it, I'll do it. And then I was like, you know what, let me get one more opinion. And I went to uh, the most highly regarded therapist I had ever been to. This guy had worked with a few different Olympic athletes and he brought me in his office and asked me to do a couple squats, a couple lunges. And he, he was like, after just seeing me do a few movements, he was like, dude, like you don't need surgery. You're just incredibly, incredibly tight. Like your body doesn't move well. And that was actually the first time I ever realized like, oh, like you can't rely on doctors for every single answer. Like you go to a surgeon, they were taught to do surgery. Uh, so that's what they're looking for. Oh, how can surgery help this person? Uh, so that's why when I went to that physical therapist, it really finally for the first time, like set off a switch. Like, okay, like uh, movement is medicine, essentially. Like I don't need surgery. I need movement. The previous physical therapist I went to, they would, so it was one of those things where they would have you doing a lot of the right things, but they wouldn't tell you why you're doing it. So yeah. they weren't educators. That first time when I was 2021 20, was the first time I really started to learn how mobility and movement can be cures for a lot of different things and a lot of aches and pains and ailments. Does that answer your question? Yep. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. And another thing I had is like, yeah, initially you started your own coach, uh, being a personal coach or whatever. And then mm -hmm. you realized like you are not a better coach. Mm -hmm. Why is that self-realization or like, how did you feel that you are not a better coach? Because if somebody starts a business or even like whatever they wanted to call it as like, yeah, helping other people, uh, but eventually it is a business end of the day. When they start it, they don't step back thinking that, yeah, they are not really like equipped far enough to help everybody. Instead, they would keep pushing it forward and making themselves better in the course of time or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, but why did you choose to step back, learn and equip yourself better before you even move further? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so 
I think there's a couple reasons for that. I'll say first that uh, most coaches, I think it's very rare that you actually start out doing something new and you're actually legitimately good at it. Like there's always going to be a learning curve. Most people, no matter what they do, uh, when they start, if you look, uh, once you get six months into it, a year into it, and you look back, you'll be like, wow, like I'm so much better than I was now. So a lot of people have that, but, uh, I think for me, it was more so realizing I didn't enjoy, at least back then the coaching aspect as much as my own personal workouts. Um, and then also a bit of it too, was I just, I, have always had uh, a lot more now as I'm older, but even back then, I think I had a bit more of just overall self-awareness than a good amount of people. So even when I did enjoy coaching a certain demographic that could do those more super intense, crazy workouts that I was doing in my twenties, um, I was able to see like, okay, well I'm doing these for a specific goal and this is all I know. Like these are the only types of workouts I know. So when I was working with somebody else, with a different kind of goal, I was just putting them through a sort of like a, a slightly varied routine of what I was doing for a different goal. And so I was able to look at that and say, okay, well, unless I'm working with someone specifically like me, I'm just not going to be as good of a coach. And then there's of course, just coaching in general, just a lot of the, uh, uh, one of the most important things with coaching is communication and finding out how to communicate with people so they better understand you. You could be on the same page. You don't, you know, make them angry by being too aggressive or not being too aggressive when people then need it. So I just didn't have those skills back then. And while I could have continued my career in doing that, like I said, I just wasn't really enjoying it as much. So that's why I went with a opportunity that uh, was a bit more financially uh, lucrative. So uh, that's where I went. But then, of course, I went for the money side, but I wasn't really enjoying what I was doing. That's why I eventually came back to what I'm doing now, um, because I enjoy it and I'm just overall better at it. Awesome. Awesome. In your introduction, you also mentioned the TRS movement. What does that mean? So TRS just stands for the ready state. It's just a company that provides a certification, uh, particularly around movement and mobility. So, uh, you know, it's funny when I first started, when I was 20 years old, most people, when they're a trainer, they get uh, certified as a personal trainer. CPT is what it stands for. But I think, and I got that when I was 20, but through International Sports Science Association, ISSA, which is not at the tippy top of the recognized companies to go to for that certification, but it's, it's up there. And I could tell you through these other certifications that are less well-known, um, I have learned so much more from them and gotten so much more out of them than I ever did from that, uh, the typical sort of, uh, certified personal trainer certification. And honestly, just through my own uh, learnings, which is funny because it's the same way for anything I ever went to for you know, high school or any, any education. I feel like when I am actually interested and find ways to learn that I want to learn versus how they teach you in grade school, uh, I always got more out of it. Got you, got you. How is your work different from physiotherapy and chiropractic? Yeah, well, the biggest one is 
and I'm not exactly sure how it works with a physical therapist, but because I'm not a doctor, I'm not allowed to um, diagnose injuries. I'm not allowed to directly treat injuries. I can, you know, treat someone to get out of pain, but I can't treat specific injuries. And I'm not allowed, which doesn't, I do in-person and online training. Uh, most of it's online. So this doesn't affect me that much, uh, but I'm not allowed to do any manual work. So when you go to physical therapy, you'll see a lot of, or chi chiropractor is the biggest one. They'll be manipulating the muscles in the body in a certain way. Uh, I'm not technically allowed to do that. And there's a few things like that, but I also do like to ref uh, refer to myself as the personal trainer version of a physical therapist. Because as I said, a lot of personal trainers will focus on that uh, muscle building and fat loss side of things where I'll do that. But it's first, let's first start out with your movement to make sure we can get your body healthy before we work on that. Because I'm sure everyone would agree, you would rather take that extra two to six months to get healthy and then get those results versus getting those results and then realizing, well, dang, I lost the weight or dang, I look better, but my back's still killing me. It may be even worse now because you were killing yourself in the gym with poor form. And now you're even uh, a few steps farther back as far as that pain uh, side than you were when you started. So um, that's my long-winded answer saying there's a few things I'm not allowed to do, but uh, I work in as close to a similar of a way as I can without going over that line uh, or that boundary and staying within my scope of practice. Got you, got you. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah, please mm -hmm. go ahead. You were, you were saying about how we were doing this treatments or like, yeah, this workout sessions. Uh, please go ahead. Yeah, so uh, just a typical way I'll... Uh, work with somebody is, so going back to that um, person I was talking about that might sit a lot and then all the things that happen to the body. Uh, I think it's, I like to start out with that because it's important to anytime anyone's dealing with any type of aches or pains or something's wrong with the body, or even maybe something's not wrong with the body, but they have a goal they haven't been able to achieve yet it's always important to find the root cause of why they can't hit that goal, uh, the root cause of why they have the pain. So a lot of people might, you know, they'll reach down to pick something up off the ground and then their back will go out and they go to the doctor and they say, Oh, like I hurt my back because I went to go pick my kid up off the ground. Uh, well, no, you hurt your back because of that constant, you know, once again, put quotes around it, inefficient movement uh, for three, four years in a row of just only moving and hinging from the lumbar spine, the low back. In particular, for most people, it's L4, L5 in the, uh, in the spine. And then taking that a step further, you had those poor movement mechanics because you were sitting for 12 hours a day for the last 15 years of your life. So you didn't hurt your back because that one time you went to pick up uh, yeah. your kid off the ground, you hurt your back because you were sitting a lot. So I think it's always important to find the root cause because if you never uh, address the root cause, if you just always work on, you know, fixing the symptoms, if you don't fix the cause, the symptoms will always come back. So when I work with somebody let's and taking that person that sits a lot with back pain as the uh, example, we will find 
uh, if they do sit a lot or whatever it is that is causing the back pain. And then once we're there, we will do a full body assessment. And when I say we, um, if I'm with them, it's we. If it's online, then I send them a video, a tutorial of the assessment, and then they perform it just so we can find all of those imbalances that may have occurred now from sitting for 12 hours a day. Usually when we sit or even stand, we're we tend to lean to one side or the other. So a lot of people may have one leg that's uh, a bit stronger, uh, maybe some muscles in the low back, one side's tighter, one side's a bit looser. So finding all those imbalances, finding any restrictions that have occurred uh, throughout your day-to-day -day life, like maybe now your hips are tight, your ankles are tight, something, any type of weaknesses. As I said, when you sit a lot, your glutes tend to be very weak and just finding all of those from head to toe and just to one, see where they are, two, to see if any of those could be the cause of what you're dealing with. And then three, of course, to address them. Uh, it's important for people to understand too, is that pretty much every single person on this earth does have some type of imbalance, some type of weakness restriction. It doesn't automatically mean you're doomed. You're going to end up with back pain. You're going to end up with an injury or something. Uh, no, it's common, but it's still good to work on those things to make your body move as efficiently as possible and at least decrease those chances of you having some type of aches, pains, injury, or whatever it is. So once we have determined what the root cause of your issue is and figured out where you have those imbalances, those restrictions, those weaknesses, then we come up with some sort of routine to uh, start working on those uh, inefficiencies we have found out, as well as um, starting to work towards your goal of whatever that may be, whether it's, you know, weight loss, whether it is getting out of back pain, whether it's just feeling better. Um, but like I said, it's, for me, it's always important to, um, you know, work on that, that movement, work on those inefficiencies. Uh, if not first, at least with all those other things, I've worked with one person that was solely about losing body fat and getting stronger. And I made it clear probably like five or six times, almost like obnoxiously. Okay. Like I don't recommend us doing this, uh, whatever it was, because I know, uh, for example, you don't have good enough hip extension to get into these positions, but if this is what you want, you know, at the end of the day, you're the boss, you're telling me what you want me to do. Uh, so of course I won't, you know, put anyone in a position where it's dangerous, but uh, if someone wants to take, you know, a bit more of a risk and say, oh, like, I know I don't have proper hip mobility to do a full on deadlift, which is just picking a weight up off the ground, essentially. Um, but I could do it well enough where I just want to start this without doing all that uh, to some people boring, you know, mobility type of thing. So, yeah, that is essentially how I will work with people and help them, as I said, get out of pain and get in better shape. Got you. Got you. So was, was there any challenging kind of a case that you dealt with? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's always, I think more often than not, there's always some type of challenge that comes with most people. I think it's very rare that you set up a routine and it just works out, you know, flawlessly. And they, that, that does happen, but I think it's rare um, so I should say too, that whenever I work with someone, we are in constant communication 
in various forms, whether it's text, whether it's email, doing Zoom calls to make sure we are on the best possible um, path and have the best routine for them because everybody's different. So uh, you could be the best personal trainer in the world and two people can have the same exact problem. You give them both the same program, but it works 95% well for person A and then person B, it works 60% well just because they are different people. They do have different bodies. Uh, they do have different lifestyle habits and things of that nature. And everything, uh, when it comes to uh, health, everything is related. So if you one person sleeps better than the other, they're going to have different results and things like that. So uh, there's always tweaks and adjustments. I say real challenges come with the nutrition side, just because as detailed as you can get with someone, it's still for some people, very challenging to fully understand uh, what they're eating or how much they're eating. So it's very, very common for people to not even realize it, but they just always overeat than what um, they think they're doing. And so even if, as I said, you come up with a great detailed plan, uh, whether it's counting uh, the calories and their macronutrients or just going off of intuitive, intuitive eating or hand size portions, um, there's always going to be a big, not always, but a lot of times there's going to be a big learning curve for people. So I would say on the nutrition side, that is where uh, you will find the bigger challenges. But uh, again, you expect things like that. So uh, almost always those challenges are resolved. If you, this won't be directly related to uh, exercise and training, but obviously in today's day and age, a lot of people uh, are still less active than they were previously. You, you know, you might be somewhere where gyms are still closed down or there's some type of lockdowns and restrictions, or you still just aren't comfortable enough to go out. And so just a few very, very quick tips to how uh, for you to, you know, build up your immune system and get stronger uh, or healthier, I should say, is one, just find ways to move. It, you don't have to have a gym. You don't have to do full-on workouts. Just move your body more than you are now. If you're literally doing nothing, start with doing five or 10 minutes of stretching and five to 10 minutes of walking a day and build off that. Get your body moving. That will not only help you physically, but it will help you mentally. Number two is sleep. Uh, the more their research that comes out on sleep, the more I start to think out of everything you can do for your health, it is probably number one. So really focus on getting that seven to nine hours of sleep, which most people do not. And not only get that amount, but also work on that quality sleep. So uh, don't have a TV playing in the background and falling asleep to it. Make sure your room is as dark as it can go. Make sure it's at a temperature that is good for your body temperature. Usually that is between 62 to 68 for most people. Uh, if it's any hotter, then you know, the quality of sleep is going to go down. And if it's colder, the same thing. So work on that quantity and quality of sleep. And as far as the nutrition, just start with the basics. You know, If you eat a lot of junk food, re replace a couple servings of junk food with fruits and vegetables. Uh, focus on getting the water amounts, you know, or a good water amount. Uh, these are just very basic things that a lot of people don't apply, but if you apply them, uh, you will over time start to see a little bit of progress with your health. And then you just uh, work off of these things. This is just a very basic baseline of where to start. So you work on those 
and eventually, you know, you will start to get somewhere, but, uh, you know, you got to start somewhere, you got to do something to actually get a bit healthier. So, okay. Thank you for tuning in. And you can find me on all the socials at Smitha Gunturi and the show notes for any resources mentioned. See you next week. Take care.